You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Welcome back to part two of the show. I'm Daniel Hargrove along with Justin Domashevitz and our trusty producer, Andrew Gross. The show brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Thank you so much for listening. Also, find us on Twitter. Follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, and watch our stuff on YouTube. Please because, watch the stuff on YouTube. Yeah, it it. I'd appreciate it. Daniel works so hard. <laughs> Slaving <laughs> over a hot microphone. No, I guess that'd be a hot keyboard. But yeah, do that. And uh, now we are going to start off this second part of the show with our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And this will finish our series, which has been broken up almost every week. So we haven't done it three consecutive weeks like I initially thought would happen. It's still a series. It is. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> it is Jack Adams the third, the all-time leading scorer for the Hoquiam Grizzlies basketball team. He finished with 1,655 points. That's a lot. <laughs> that is... That's a lot of points. As I once said, <laughs> that's a lot. That's good analysis. And he did that over 100 games, which is also a lot of games when you start looking at how many other games. But his average was still very impressive, 16.55 points per game. And really, starting as a freshman, he was one of their better scoring options. And it just got more, it just increased more and more throughout his career at Hoquiam High School to where this was one of the premier scorers that we saw in high school basketball for a long time. Uh, that kid could get buckets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was an incredibly versatile scorer. You know, he could go he could go to the lane. If he had an opening, he'd go to the lane. But he also had the ability to create his own shot. He could create his own jump shot. He could hit shots from beyond the arc. He was good in, in those little mid-range. Um, I, I feel like probably one of one of the most skilled bucket getters that we've covered for sure um, in high school basketball so we talked about Jared Steen and we've talked about Jace Varner and kind of how those roles all fit together um, where Jared through most of it was kind of like the point guard and you know provided a, a burst of athleticism and Jace was kind of the x-factor do a little bit of everything and also have the ability to score guy uh, Jack was Jack was a bucket getter like that kid would just go out and get buckets. Yeah, and those again, that's why we've talked about these three guys. They're all in the top 5 all-time leading scorers for Hoquiam High School and they all played on the same team. And I think probably the most polished basketball player of the three is is Jack Adams. And that you might be like obviously he had the most points out of all of them, but that's not always the case. And you saw Jared Steen, three-sport three athlete maybe even a better baseball player than a basketball player. Jace Varner, you mentioned like that X factor always did all of the little things, right? Really? I mean, he not really an X factor. Yeah. It's not X factor is like fair. a little, he that's a little a, too little. He for was him. a higher than X factor guy. Yeah. He was, he was a, he was a combination of a glue guy, but he, he was like a glue guy, but he would also pad the stats. Like he would have a whole bunch of different stats. Like, you know, two blocks and three steals and nine rebounds and eight points or whatever. Yeah. Seven assists. Yeah, and it seemed like exactly. every night yeah. he was going to be there, but Jack, probably the most polished basketball player of the three and really just devoted a ton of time 
to the craft of basketball. And he was somebody who you saw great coming in as a freshman. And then you saw his game just get better and better throughout his career. And then as he got bigger and bigger, he turned into so much more of a scoring threat as well. Because, I mean, what, 6'1", 6'2", probably 6'2", guard, and and an excellent guard at that, could shoot from anywhere on the court, as you mentioned, could drive, but also instinctual enough to know when to use those other two players as well and not just have the ball constantly having to go through him on every possession. Yeah, and I think one thing that stands out about Jack as opposed to some uh, – we've seen a lot of great um, basketball players at Hoquiam over the years, You know, not only in the times that you played but also when we've broadcasted and spectated these games. I think the thing that stands out about Jack is he had a rare ability to get a shot. He had a rare ability to – get to his spot without help from anybody else where, you know, in a team like Hoquiam that maybe doesn't necessarily run a ton of plays, but focuses a lot on a certain type of offensive strategy. They wanted to get out in transition. They wanted to get transition buckets. And Jack was good at that stuff too. A half court set. If you needed a guy where you had to tell him for a play, Hey, you're one-on-one. You're going to go up against this guy. The ball is in your hands. Don't plan on help from anybody else. I can't think of many players, if any players, in all that history of Hoquiam that I've seen. You know, you could go back really far and find some other ones. Well, but yeah, you could go back le- to the, like the state championship at, team. At least since we since we were broadcasting. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of another guy that I would have felt like I want to put the ball in his hands confidently knowing that even if the shot doesn't go in, he's going to get to his spot and he's going to get himself a good look. Yeah. The only other one that I can think of that would compare with that situation would be Jared Ronquillo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you got a chance I to think watch it him play have been, much. I think it would have been – he was right before we started broadcasting yeah. together. But he had the, that innate ability to get to a shot, both yeah. athletic enough to drive to the hoop but also just – gorgeous one dribble pull up i've seen the videos yeah his jumper's silky it it is and so jack i think would be a that would be like kind of the comparison two very different players but in that situation of getting to a spot being able to get a good look up in a big moment i think those are and those are a couple of the like you mentioned oakweems had great players throughout the years Mm -hmm. and yet jack adams night in night out was going to be darn near close to the 20s, especially his junior and senior season. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is career points per game was 16.5. Yeah. And so imagine what he was doing his junior and senior year just to make it, you know, stack up against those right. freshman and sophomore seasons. Well, and for us too, you know, we watched them a lot. We've we've talked about this, but Jer- the class of Jared and Jace and Jack and – uh, was it Spradlin on that one? Zach Spradlin, and Zach Spradlin Anthony and Nash, Ryan Espidal. Yeah. Um, we watch those kids play a lot, and so when you watch kids play a lot, you get kind of used to what they do. And there are times that I recall thinking, "Oh man, Jack's not having that great a game today." <laughs> and then you look up, and he has 14 points, and yeah. it's like you know, a, a little subpar for him. But 14 points in a high school basketball game is a lot for an off day. Yeah, exactly. And you would see just just the amount of times that they would just roll over people. We tried not to pick too many of those games to watch, but I mean, there was a, there was a section there where besides Aberdeen, who was also good at that time, high school boys basketball in the one, a ranks was just dominated by Hoquiam. Yep. 
And now since then, I mean, we've seen Montesano roll into it. they had an undefeated league season during one of those years. Maybe they're jun- those guys' junior year yeah, or senior year? Yeah, I think year? so. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just to see the the talent of that team. And then you mentioned all the glue guys that kind of rotated in throughout that, Those, especially the junior and senior seasons when they went to the state tournament. Just a blast to watch that group of kids since we got to know them so much. And at the focal point in the for the basketball team was Jack Adams and you know that's a that's a decent amount of pressure to carry with you as well knowing in that you have to go mm-hmm. like you're expected yeah. to be the top scorer every every night and since we're wrapping up this series i know that was uh, definitely for you but also for me one of one of the favorite teams that i've covered um, as a broadcaster we did the series of the three big guys, but let's like take just a few seconds to talk about some of the other guys because, you know, Zach Spradlin, especially towards the last two years of his high school career was a massive part yeah. of what this team did. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about Zach and his game? Zach was one of those guys who I think, I personally think every team needs, and that is a guard defender. Mm-hmm that is just ultra aggressive and wants to step up and and shut somebody down. And then he grew from that. I believe he was he was that player as a junior, but then he also turned into a guy who would knock down a big 3 mm-hmm. yeah. for him as well in yes. his senior season. He didn't make a ton of threes, but it felt like every game you could count on at least one. At least one and usually it was in a big moment, yeah. you know, cuz everybody's so focused on the other three guys and they dish it out to Zach and he would just make a, a massive three-pointer in a big point of the game. And so he was like he was like your perfect 3 and D guy and then just the energy that he brought as well, especially on defense was imperative to how they like to fuel their transition game that you sure. talked about before. Um, what do you, and then Anthony Nash was kind of yeah. similar as well. Uh, the th- first thing I think of with Anthony Nash is speed. Oh my goodness. That kid was incredibly fast. He would be down the floor in the blink of an eye. And since Hoquiam was so focused on transition, I feel like that's where he'd get a lot of his buckets was just being faster than everyone else. The ball gets poked loose. And the next thing you know, Anthony Nash is down on the other end of the floor. Yeah. And then we got two more players here because we we have all the seniors, but there is also a junior in that class okay. that I think is worth mentioning as well. Um, but Ryan Espidal. Yeah. I have one word to describe Ryan Espidal's game as I remember. Okay. Unpredictable. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Especially that one play on the – I'll never forget that play on yes. the sideline. In the center, triple overtime game, busted to the sideline. I'm not sure if he tipped the pass. But somehow the pass gets tipped. He's sprinting to the sideline, jumping out of bounds, behind the back pass, silky smooth to Varner or Nash. I can't remember which one for a breakaway lay-in. Just amazing. But if anybody else did it, you would say it was lucky. But because it was Ryan, it was like, yeah, he did that on purpose. (laughs) Exactly. And then why am I struggling on... James, Victor James. Victor James, yeah. Victor James was the junior on that team and also played a huge part for that squad and really I mean I think he was in the starting lineup a lot of it and just an excellent basketball player in his own right kind of did a lot of the same little things that you would look for but also an excellent scorer 
and just a, another option to go to when somebody needed a break, maybe from the scoring or knock down a big shot as well. I remember Victor as being a guy who um, he was very savvy with the way that he savvy is a great word savvy with the way he moved and the way he shielded defenders with his body and seemed to just have a really good feel for the game and where the ball needed to be. Yeah. Because, again, not the biggest guy. Yeah. And I wouldn't say the fastest guy, but you're right. Just the savvy of how he could position himself. Yeah, kind of have a, have a Luka Doncic kind of feel to it. That is an excellent description, <laughs> I feel like. I think that's a great way to put it. And the other crazy thing about that triple overtime game, I want to say Victor was hurt in that game. So I'm pretty sure they played with five players. I'm pretty sure it was – or was it six players? Because – yeah, it was six players the whole game. And I think somebody fouled out. I can't remember who it was. So, like, the last two and a half periods of overtime, it was Espidal. I can't remember if it was, I think, Nash. And then Jace, Jared, and Jack. And that's who it was. And they, I think one kid got subbed in. I think, I think Jackson Folkers got subbed in. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if it was over five seconds. Like, they subbed him in and then took him right back out in, like, five seconds. But they just ran with those six guys getting tired the entire game. About it. Yeah. <laughs> and it went three overtimes. Yeah. It was insane. That was one of the best games that I can remember. Just some of the insane, incredible plays. And, again, yeah, that class, that was I, – I should have wrote down what year they graduated. It was a year. It was a year. Yeah. And, yeah, that's kind of our, our look back at one of our favorite teams that we covered throughout – Uh, high school basketball and now we are going to move on to some Seahawks discussion I'm sure this is what everybody's been waiting for right oh that was our athlete of the week our Oli Penn real estate athlete of the week Jack Adams the third thank you again to Oli Penn real estate for that sponsorship and now time to get down into some Seattle Seahawks discussion and the roster moves that were made on Saturday And the tricky part about this is some of these are even going to change today, the next day, some this week with the waiver wire and and if they pick up people from other teams who are also cut. But Justin, I think you were worried about my sanity a little bit when when I sent you what I sent you earlier this week. It just reminds me of like, you know, when you watch movies or TV shows about like um, like people who are having a mental breakdown (laughs) It went, It was better when you typed it out. Yeah. But your <laughs> written one sort of looked like the ramblings of a person who was on the brink. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand also, that. Also, it reminds me of something I might do, which made me additionally concerned about you. I will say, I have never, ever, ever in my life dreamed of taking as deep a dive as you did <laughs> into the Seahawks moves. Yeah, I don't know why I got this idea this year, but for some reason I something popped up on my feed and it was like Seattle roster cuts coming up on Saturday. And I was like, I wonder if I can predict all those cuts. Did you have like a, a wall with a bunch of names and you had like yarn that was stringing, yeah, stringing them together? Not quite, not quite. So pretty much it wasn't near as bad as what you're making it seem. Um Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're accusing me of exaggerating something to make you look bad? Yes. That doesn't sound like Justin. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> so what I did is I just went through the entire roster, and I was just writing people down, keep and cut. That's And I was trying to then, you know, and you got the easy ones. You got 
Jamal Adams. You were got you, Russell Wilson. Were you going for guys that you would keep in cut or what you thought the team was going to do? <laughs> or a combination? That's a good question. I was trying to go with what I thought they would do, but then I got a little wishful thinking on a few guys David that I was Moore. like, they're going to keep this guy. I know it, but I'm writing him in the cut section. <laughs> David Moore. <laughs> um so I was really trying to make it so it was accurate, too. I was trying to hold myself accountable to the people. The amount of people who I said they would keep would be 53. Now, that's where it got tough because it was really easy to get down to, like, 56. But then there was a few people that I was like, I don't know. Like, I hope they keep this guy, but I don't know how many offensive linemen they need to keep. So I was, like, you know, trying to go through and cut. And I mean, I'm getting into the weeds here of guys you've never heard of. Like Kyle Fuller. Do you know who Kyle Fuller is? I do not. Yeah, he was a backup center. He got cut, though. I got that one right. But going through <laughs> it, and really, there was only a few that I got wrong. I was a little impressed with myself. So I had them cutting Lano Hill, because why wouldn't you? But they did not. They kept Lano Hill. <laughs> they kept a lot of because defensive Because why wouldn't backs. they? A yeah. lot of defensive backs. They kept 10 defensive backs, yeah. which I thought was interesting. I also thought they would cut Lyndon Stevens who you also have never heard of. Uh-huh. He's a backup corner. He was on the practice squad last year, but they have a crap ton of corners and defensive backs. So I was like, oh, they'll probably es- cut him. Especially with the notion that they might be playing Blair in that big nickel where they might not always, when they go into nickel, they might not have a third corner on the field. Exactly. So I was surprised at all the corners. Yeah. They, they did wave Lyndon Stevens since then. Oh, they have uh, since then. To make then. room okay. for DeAndre Walker. Who they, was who the they, linebacker that they, they picked up? They picked up off waivers. The yes. edge rushing linebacker. Okay, so I'm going to take that as a win then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, because they then, might not have known that they could pick up DeAndre Walker. Yeah. And they just changed their minds. So I also had bubble players who I was counting in my active 53 man roster for the defense. And that was Shaquem Griffin, Ben Burkirvan, and PJ Johnson. And one of those guys... Or the only two, one I knew was Shaquem Griffin. <laughs> yeah, and they cut him, but he is now, looks like he cleared waivers, so he's going to be on the practice squad. So that's good news for all of you worrying about the relationship between you know him and his twin brother, who's also on the team. Uh, ben Burkirvin was not cut, so they basically what I was looking at is they kept Burkirvin over Griffin in that situation, and then they cut... Uh, P.J. Johnson, who was just a massive defensive tackle. And I looked at the roster and I was like, they only have three defensive tackles. So here's another one. But instead, no, they go with three defensive tackles, Puna Ford, Brian Monet, and Jaron Reed. And I thought that was kind of interesting that you only have three of those guys when that position tends to get rotated in a lot. Yeah. And I mean, on the defensive side, I think... Like, all the guys that I had any kind of opinion about were mainly the guys that you know and mainly the guys that are on the team. I was a little bummed about the Shaquem Griffin uh, being waived. I'm glad to know he's on the practice squad, but I'm hoping that he'll get to suit up for some games because I I just like seeing him out there. I I don't even really have, like, a good football analysis reason for wanting him to be there, but I think his story is amazing. Absolutely. And I love the idea that he could be out there doing things with his brother. So if he's the 53rd man on the roster, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and he's an excellent special teams guy yeah. too. It's sound... not like he's a bad player. I don't want to make it sound like he's a yeah. bad player. He's very capable of getting things done. Yeah, and, and, and he he's ha- at a very deep position. I actually he has been signed to the practice squad. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, I've got I've got a list of the practice squad players that have oh, been like to... signed so far. I would like to hear uh, that. We... Oh, 
Ooh. The the Seahawks did not lose <laughs> any players to the waiver. I didn't Twire put any and... NBA on the show sheet today except two-minute drill. So if you <laughs> screw up on this, we're going straight to NBA. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the Seahawks did not – everyone that they cut cleared waivers. Uh, so far, they've been confirmed to have signed Shaquem Griffin, defensive tackle Anthony Rush, defensive back Ryan Neal, cornerback Jason Stanley, tight end Stephen Sullivan, or Stephen Sullivan, wide receiver Lance Len- Lenore, or Len- Lenoir, I don't know if that's a French name or not, cornerback <laughs> uh, Gavin Heslop, wide receiver Cody Thompson, wide receiver Aaron Fuller, quarterback Danny Etling, and offensive tackle Tommy Champion. Okay, those so are the confirmed what are the chances anybody the listening to us knows who any of those guys are? Uh, well, Aaron Fuller, people know him because okay. he just played at UW. Okay. Um, and then the quarterback, that's interesting to me because that means that they kept Danny Etling over Anthony Gordon. Yep. And Which was the Wazoo quarterback. Yeah, Coog fans are all like, aww, right now. <laughs> um, so then you look at some of the offensive players. These are the ones I didn't get right. I didn't know that Paul Richardson was going to get cut. Didn't see that one coming. And with that... Especially since they just signed him a week prior. Yeah, not even a week, like four days. So I had Ursua on the bubble, Homer on the bubble, Nick Ballore on the bubble, and Jacob Hollister on the bubble. Three of the four of those guys made the team. Nick Ballore did not. That means they will not have a fullback. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too. So are they going to use one of their four tight ends at fullback? Is Jacob Hollister going to kind of slide into that role when they want to use him? What are they going to do with that? Or are they just never going to run with two back sets? Um, then you look at John Ursua did not get cut. Woo! <laughs> Quick Super question. excited about on, that. On the running backs. Okay. Did DJ Dallas, is, is he on the team? Yes. DJ, do you think DJ running... Dallas might be a guy that they would consider throwing in at fullback? I don't think so. I mean, this is a guy with receiver in his background, okay. so he's not exactly like a big hulking dude. But he is yes. a yards after contact guy. I don't know if he's a. I, I didn't know if he was a a blocker. He yeah. also has quarterback experience, right? Yeah, in high school, okay. so. he is. He is listed though. He, before the draft, he was listed as the best pass blocking running back in the draft. Okay, so. Blocking and pass blocking, at least he was good. I'm not sure about run blocking. Okay, now go back to your celebration. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, well, I'm excited John Ursua made the team, but on the other side of that, David Moore also made the team. <laughs> Dear <Curses>. Lord. <laughs> I am hoping so hard for multiple reasons that David Moore has like 60 catches for 850 yards and five touchdowns this year. That would be awesome. Because awful. it would be awesome for the Seahawks, but it would also like. You especially also murder my well. fantasy team, Andrew as well. But you especially have just been so hard on David Moore that it would be really funny for me if he ended up having a breakout year because he's only he's like a fourth year player. Yeah, he's had three years to prove it, Justin. He said three <laughs> years of trash, him and Jerron Brown. And what was the other guy last year? Malik Turner. Malik Turner. Yeah, those three guys. <laughs> personally swatted balls to the ground basically last year <laughs> or it, you know let them hit their head yeah and it's just darn frustrating now they did also sign Josh Gordon but he's still on the suspended list 
So we're waiting to see what happens there. So I'm assuming they'll cut another receiver once that happens. I think the general feeling was it's probably going to be about two games for Gordon. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. That That's nice and short. Um, they also have Colby Parkinson on the non-football injury list. Rashad Penny is on the PUP. And Darrell Taylor, their second-round draft pick, the defensive end, who they were excited about, he is also on the non-football injury list. Still recovering from a surgery where there was like a rod in his leg or something like that. Yeah. So that's not too fun to be excited about the pass rush and then their top pass rusher that they drafted still hasn't been able to get back on the field. It sure makes me thankful that they couldn't trade back, though. (laughs) And they had to take somebody else also. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, well, hopefully Brooks. Yeah, at least we have Brooks to, like, root for, and and it isn't just, like, their first pick is now he's hurt again. Yeah, but you look at it, Andrew, and it's going to be tough for Brooks to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, they have unless they want Bruce him. Irvin, Bobby Wagner, and K.J. Wright. Yeah. All sitting in front of him right now. Yeah. And we know how much they love old players. Well, but wouldn't so correct me if I'm wrong here. Wouldn't Shaquem Griffin have been a guy who would have figured to be in the mix behind Irvin? Yes. So what if they decided to use Jordan Brooks as a backup to both KJ Wright and Bruce Irvin? And uh, oh, that's interesting because he had some pass rush in his in his background in college, and he's obviously really fast. I wonder if they could use him on both the Sam and the Leo. I, I'm assuming that as soon as as soon as there's an injury or anything in the linebacking thing, he's going to be the first option no matter yeah. what position it would be. Okay. But I don't know. And Leo is different from what KJ plays because he just plays the weak side linebacker. Oh, weak side. Weak yeah. Side. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really interesting. But also, how often are they going to use three linebackers since they've been super excited about Marquise Blair playing the nickel? And doesn't that position come in for the Sam linebacker? So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on defense and how they try and smash all of these players into these positions and then <laughs> still they don't have enough they still don't have enough defensive players like defensive line it explains why about? they have I just realized why they have less defensive line cuz you they're going to run like a I'm trying to make 11 out of this they're going to they're going to run 5 5 DB or 5 uh you want to see the three-five stack? Yes, the, the Montesano defense. <laughs> well, if even if it's a three, if if it's a three-four, no, I think like it'd your, be two, your two, pass rushing outside two, linebacker five. doesn't count as a lineman. So right, so they are kind of running a three-four, right? Kind of. What is it, Andrew? Is it it's, a is it a four-three defense with three-four principles? I I can't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> why did you bring this up? You knew I can't remember which it is. <laughs> It's either one or the other. It's a 3-3 three, three with a guy that can go either way. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a 4-3 or a 3-4. Yeah. Uh in in man yeah, but the is it outrageous to think that they like if you if you have Bobby Wagner who you trust to stop the like clean up the stuff in the middle. Man, I don't know. Well, I thought it is it is going to be I'm going to be very very interested to see how how they use their linebackers. As interesting as it is to talk about the defense. <laughs> to me, the most 
interesting thing of this is the wide receiver group. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because you got you got your clear one and two. You got Lockett and Metcalf. Yep. So your third receiver at this point, at least until Josh Gordon comes off suspension, is David Moore. Philip Dorsett, maybe. Well, and Dorsett's hurt, so he's not going to be playing right away, right? He's dealing with this foot issue. Is that is that bad enough to keep him out? I don't know. I'll, I don't fi- know. I'll find out. I don't know either, because I guess I was still just kind of hoping, but you're right. If he's hurt. So, yeah, you're looking at a competition between David Moore, Freddie Swain, and John Ursua. And if they actually go by who can catch the ball, I'd be really excited that John Ursua would get to play. But they'll probably <laughs> go with, this guy's big and fast, and they'll throw David Moore out there to drop more passes. Now, the other interesting thing is those three guys are also competing to be return men in Moore, Swain, and, in, and Ursua. And while I think that Ursua could be a punt returner, I'm not. I wouldn't be too excited about him being a kick returner. And I think DJ Dallas is also in the mix for return position as well. So that shows some of his versatility at the running back position is that they also like what he could possibly do as a return man. So it is going to be interesting. I was surprised they kept six receivers. I thought they were only going to keep five and then have Gordon ready to come in after that. But they kept six. Yeah. When it does look like Dorsett's listed as questionable and there's like no information out there on because even though even a week ago they were talking about this as something that it's concerning because it's been lingering forever and it's not healing as quickly as it probably should. So I think Pete was saying at one point that they weren't sure if they were going to have him going into the first game. Gotcha. So in my mind, and I think I talked about this a little bit last week while you were pouting, um, <laughs> Paul Richardson, I thought, was brought in like, here's a guy we can plug in as the third receiver until conceivably some combination of Philip Dorsett and John Ursua get healthy and until Gordon's on the team. Yeah, but then that's what I was thinking too. Richardson gets cut. You have Ursua and um, Dorsett who are both dealing with injuries. And may not be ready to go right off the bat. So your third receiver, like, by default is David Moore. Right? Oh, boy. Good <laughs> thing they have a crap ton of tight ends. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe they aren't even, maybe they won't put three receivers on the field at all. Yeah, they just never will. Because I, in my mind, Jacob Hollister could also be your third receiver. It's true, because also Luke Wilson made the team. Yeah. Which... I, I was a little surprised by, not because Luke Wilson's not good, but just because they have so many tight ends. Yeah, they kept we, four tight ends. So we have, we'll, we'll have, uh, the Seahawks will have Disley, Olsen, Hollister, Wilson. Olsen, Is that right? Olsen, Disley, Hollister. Well, I wasn't doing them in order. I was just naming oh. them. <laughs> okay. Is that right? Four yeah, those, I think you said four, four different names. Yeah. For a second there, I thought you said somebody twice. but So yeah. Olsen would be presumably the starter. Yeah. Disley. Disley. And then Hollister and then Wilson? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And maybe they'll use... A lot of two tight end yeah. sets on a regular basis where maybe even some of the guys are splitting out wide. Maybe I mean, even... Wilson is certainly capable of that. Exactly. I mean, and I mean... Hollister is as well. Yeah. I mean, Hollister's basically a receiver. He mm-hmm. probably is better at splitting out wide. Yeah. Realistically. So, yeah, maybe they lean heavy into that, especially with how they like to run the ball. That might make sense, too. So it's interesting. It's so crazy to oh, me gosh. that next week is their first game. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons at 10 in the morning next week in Atlanta. 
Wow. How do you see, you know, we talked about the receiving And group. it counts. Like, there's no preseason yeah. game. Like, yeah, it's nuts. it's so weird. And usually we have that tune-up to see how guys play. I mean, they've obviously had their own kind of tune-up, but we usually have the tune-up of being able to watch the guys play, but we're just diving right into it. So this might even make this question a little bit harder, but how do you guys see the carries getting split up? Yeah, I have no idea. Because... Carson would be presumably the starter and mm-hmm. get the bulk of the of the carries, but you've got Hyde in there as well, who I would imagine is probably going to figure into the offense quite a bit. I would assume that it would be like a 60-40 split between those two, but I don't know. I never really... My assumption has been that Carson will start, but he'll have a lot... Like, last last year, it felt like he had a really long leash with the with the fumbles okay which were his like he he was really good but the fumbles were really concerning in my opinion at least they weren't butt fumbles that's true (laughs) however the fumbles so i i my thought and this isn't based on anything other than just my my own head but i feel like he will have a shorter a shorter leash if if he if he drops it a couple times in the first few games, I would be kind of surprised to see him still starting. Because I think Hyde is Hyde has looked really capable of of being a main back. If, Absolutely, if they need him to be. Especially if you have somebody like Carson who can provide a change of pace. Yeah, and then when Penny gets off the pup list, yeah, and then you've got DJ Dallas there as well. You. Let's just and Travis Homer also made the team, which yeah. that also surprised me that they kept four running backs. That, <laughs> I it probably should have surprised me more, but they've had so many running backs hurt. That's true. I mm-hmm. felt I felt like oh geez, they're only keeping four running backs. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, that what happens with Chris Carson this year is particularly interesting because of the contract situation. Absolutely, because. Whether or not the Seahawks give him a because this is the fourth year of his rookie deal, so are the Seahawks going to pay him big? Right now, he's been for the last two seasons one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, top five in in yards and carries the last couple of years. Um, he's also had he's been a touchdown scorer. He's not like a lead leaguer, league leader in touchdown scores, but I think he has nine and seven or something like that. Um, he was improved in the receiving game last year as well. So if he makes himself invaluable in a spot where you're in a place like Seattle, where the running backs are so important, he could end up getting a good amount of money. Yeah. And I also feel like if, if he goes out there and carries the ball 250 to 300 times again, then the Seahawks probably should give him a good, give him a good contract. They're going to have lots of cap space to work with next year. Yeah, well, significant amount of that's going to get eaten up by Jamal Adams, True. though, too. Especially, did but you they see have the deal like, that Buda Baker just got? I, I, I remember seeing something like $67 million because there's a lot of guys coming off the... And they're going to have a lot of people to re-sign, too. Yeah. But they'll get to decide who gets what. You know, So if even if $17 million or whatever goes to Jamal Adams, they will be able to sign Chris Carson if they want to. And he also has a – he gets hurt a lot, and his reputation is that he gets hurt a lot. He's only missed a few games the last couple years. Yeah, because he's gotten hurt late in the season. Yeah. Which is like the rest of their running backs that got hurt at the end of last year, and they're like, 
anybody. Yeah. If, so if, if if assuming Chris Carson does something similar this year to what he did the last two years, would you want the Seahawks to give him big running running back money after that? Oh, I would think so, personally. But that's just because I love the way that he runs. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love watching him run the ball. I would like to see his fumble numbers down. Yeah. The downside is you may you may not have the flexibility to have the depth of backs behind him in case he does get injured. Andrew, what do you think about that? I I'm very conflicted because, like Daniel, I I really enjoy him. I love pretty much everything about him other than the fumbles. Uh, but I also don't think that they're. I'm willing to allow that there may be situations where running backs should be signed to big money, but I don't think that they come along very often, and I just don't think it's worth it for a like unless unless it's it's something incredibly exceptional. It's not worth giving a running back a big contract. So you would think maybe just continue to roll with how they're working it and have. Hey, Carson's gone now, but now we have Penny. And then after Penny, you got Homer in Dallas, and you're constantly just trying to rotate through those that, guys, keep picking guys. That's, but the Seahawks haven't really traditionally done that. No. That's they, true. They had Marshawn, and they liked him, so they paid him. That's true. He wasn't getting, like, massive amounts of money, but good good chunks of money for running back, running back contracts. Yeah, and and so I don't – I. This is why it's, I'm, I'm conflicted about it because my emotionally, I really want to see Carson get rewarded. Uh, but intellectually, I think it's generally a bad idea to reward running backs. Uh, and historically, they have had they've stuck with their the primary running back that we identify with the Seahawks is Marshawn Lynch, and that's because they stuck with him and they did give him the extensions that he was demanding and uh and and kept him around until he was basically not effective anymore i think i just burped (laughs) i kept my mouth closed but it like rumbled out in the depths this is this is probably too much chris carson talk but i it's going to annoy me if he carries the ball 280 times and for the third year in a row he's in the top five in the league and carries and he's good and he produces and the seahawks don't pay him it's going to bother me because, like, I well, understand that whole from, discussion. A, from a strategical standpoint, it makes sense that you could just rotate through these guys if you just, if it's in a vacuum, if there's no people involved. Yeah. But they're people. And so in addition to the fact that I feel like he deserves to be rewarded, yeah. he's a late round pick. His rookie deal is nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he hasn't true. made crap for money this whole time, and he's been out there grinding for you and breaking his body for you. I feel like it's legitimate to think, let's keep him on the field in the future and also slightly reward him for what he did for us in the past. And I think if as an NFL team, if you do that, people will notice that you do that. And it like Pete Carroll is a player's coach. I think players notice that stuff. Like Marshawn said, you got to take care of your chicken, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like you got to be aware of what money you're going to be able to get where you go. And if you have a reputation as someone who, a team who takes care of players, I think that benefits you in free agent situations. It absolutely does. Sadly, not in the clowny situation though, but that's, uh, we'll save that discussion for another time. I did see a report. 
I'll say one thing on that. Okay. I saw a report that because Clowney wanted $21 million and the Seahawks were basically the first team to offer him anything and they only offered 15 that he was he felt slighted and he was annoyed by that and it affected the way the negotiations went. Even though nobody else offered him much more than that besides Cleveland, which was reportedly $17 million, that like the way the negotiations started made things rocky with Clowney through the whole time. And then he ends up taking 12, so yeah. there you go. All right, yeah. we're going to take a commercial break. Thanks again to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. The team of realtors at Oli Penn Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay-home, stay-safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes, Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. OliPen Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket, in less time, without the hassle. Visit SellMyHarborHome.com to get your home market ready. The OliPen team is ready to work for you. So were we not going to talk about Clowny? No. Oh, okay. We're just ignoring that. Yeah, well, you have a barbecue <laughs> to get to with one of the girls that Snapchats you, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Has Andrew been getting random Snapchats from ladies throughout this whole show No, again? sadly not. <laughs> That's not a thing to happen, Justin. <laughs> I like how you keep throwing the again in there. Anyway, no, now it's time for Justin to update us on our NF- NBA oh, yeah. playoff draft team team draft update. No, I'm not oh, doing yeah. that. I yeah. didn't go back and do them. I'm not doing it. You seriously ma- didn't? I'm too angry. Talk about who's <laughs> ruining the show. This was your idea. I don't want to do it anymore. This was your idea. <laughs> Who typed that in? I deleted it from the show sheet. Did you guys type that back in there? It says I did. It right here on the show sheet. Yeah. It's right there. Playoff I deleted draft, that update. from the show sheet. Update. I'm deleting yeah. it right now. Hey. We're not... For In case you weren't paying attention, we did a draft of NBA teams, and we would get points based on how well those teams did in the playoffs. I got hosed. Because you did not get I did hosed. get hosed because I got the last pick and I ended up getting the two two seeds and my entire strategy <laughs> depended on getting the five seed Miami Heat who I was going to pick with my next pick and Andrew picks him in the middle of all the three seeds. My whole strategy was blown by stupid Andrew. <laughs> so now because you're losing at your own game, you're not even gonna you're taking the, your ball and going home in the first round. Two of Andrew's teams swept two of my teams. <laughs> and now the team that I wanted the most looks like they're about to sweep the number one seed out of the playoffs. I think I'm allowed to be a little salty about that. I I don't know if you're allowed to be or why you feel like you have to be allowed to be salty about it. I don't care if you're salty. You're just going to quit giving us updates yes. about it, though. Like, that's different. Daniel, you sat in the corner and pouted an entire show last week. <laughs> and Andrew couldn't bother to turn his microphone on, and you guys left me hang, and I had to call in a 14-year-old to be the only other voice on the show. He did great. a great job, by the way. <laughs> do you, Daniel, have you talked to him about coming to replace Justin? Yeah, you know, we might have to do that. <laughs> well, he's a lot more likable than I am. Because I'm sure he'll, you know, not just but you stop need a... doing a game because he's losing. Uh, you know what my favorite <laughs> I'm taking part... my ball and I'm going home. You know what my favorite part about last week's show was? It was when you were being a horrible, horrible fan, as you always are, and your son was like, 
well, you gotta have a team that you yes. root for, and you're like, loyal no, to you the don't. Team. And your son was just like, oh, 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 and and he didn't want to call out his dad for being an <laughs> awful, horrible sports fan, which well, I thought was really sweet. But also, you should have been called out. We were yeah. watching the when we watched the Lakers and Blazers series. There was a lot of discussion in our house about who we were gonna root for, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna root for both teams. And whoever wins, I'll be happy with it. And he was like, Dad, that's not how it works. Yes. And I said, why not? Because if I just root for both, then I'll be happy no matter what happens. And he was like, Dad, both teams can't win. There's going to be a winner, and there's going to be a loser. And I was like, I reject that premise. I will root for both teams, and I will be happy if one wins. When one wins. Win-win situation. Now, I loved what he said. He was like, you got to be loyal to the team, right? And Justin was like, like, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I've never done that. Except for the Tar Heels. That's the only time I can remember it. Other other than that, now he's a Dolphins fan again. I don't know what's going on. I really have no clue. But here's the thing. If, (laughs) as a parent, if I have raised someone who's a better person than I am, then I've done my job as a parent. And I think Peyton has proven that he's a better person than I am. Well, that's Have you or is Angel true. just amazing? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> or was he just born that way? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, since Justin has dropped the ball or punted it into the next county, I'm not sure what what to go with here. So I guess we'll just kick it, into, the game's ma- over. into the mailbag. So did I win? If the game's over? I don't I think, know. There's I no... think Andrew would win, then. I, I went on there and cleared the whole... I was so angry, I cleared the whole document. <laughs> so I don't even know who had how many points when I stopped. The winner! Well, I know I didn't win, because one of his the teams... Mailbag. Yes, the mailbag! Send us your stuff. Send us okay. your stuff in a mailbag. Daniel was sitting over here, looking at you, trying to get you to play that, like, 15 seconds ago. Like... We're going to go into the mailbag. He even drew out that the Full last sound. Yes. I tried to play it and it <laughs> it lagged for like several seconds. Okay. I wasn't actually trying to interrupt you, Daniel. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go back to my corner and pout then. I don't okay. need to talk. Uh, He's saying a wonderful song. I don't know why this question is in here and highlighted. I'm going to go down to the second question. I don't know. That seems like a great question, Justin. You had a lot of fun answering that when we weren't here. I Okay. Well, do you want to answer that one? (laughs) All of them. Okay. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is from The Godfather. What sport, excluding the exhilarating high-stakes sport of disc golf, (laughs) would you dominate your fellow showmates? Um, I'm not going to say all of them because Andrew knows how to swim and I do not. So any sport oh, has to do with I, swimming. I guess that counts. Uh, swimming's I was, a, swimming's not a sport. I was only gonna, I was only thinking of like sport games. Let, let's go to, let's go to sports and we'll expand this to athletic activities as well. Okay. So competition based athletic activities can be part of this. Well, are we talking like one-on-one? Well, I think I'm the only one of the three of us that knows how to swim. So I guess I would probably dominate. Like knows how to not die in the water? No, I know knows how, how to, to actually swim. Like how to do move, the different How to str- move through the water, not just not die in the water. That Justin. is incorrect. Did you forget that I grew up the first 14 years of my life on an island where there were swimming pools everywhere? I'm a very strong swimmer. I am a terrible swimmer. I'm a very strong swimmer. I've been swimming okay. since I was five. Okay. So I don't know how to do like the fancy strokes. 
but I know how to swim. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do the, the breath stroke or the backstroke officially the right way, but I can swim. I can okay. swim just fine. Okay. So I am the only person in the room that knows how to swim. I would <laughs> dominate at swimming. I'm confident you would dominate me at swimming. That wasn't a, that wasn't the point. He just got I really offended. I take exception to the fact that... <laughs> Not exception, you take offense. Okay, you looked at my size, and you were like, that guy would sink. That's what happened. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not That's not how that works. <laughs> that's the opposite. You Have you been in a pool? I've never been in water before, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, for, for my entire childhood, the homes that I grew up in basically always had a swimming pool. Like, we'd live in a townhouse, and there was a swimming pool that everyone would use. And we went swimming literally every day for most of my childhood. That's awesome. I wasn't implying that you didn't know how to have fun in the water. I got to say. Or not drown. Can I add the caveat of you're not allowed to get hurt in any of these activities? (laughs) Because I feel like my chances would be much better if there was, like, a no. Like, you'd turn the injuries off on Madden. Then I'd be great. Okay, so Andrew would dominate swimming. We've established that. Yes. Also hockey. And I feel... I'm a better. I'm a. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Justin, are you a good skater? I no, not from what I remember. I bet I've been ice skating a lot more times than you. Oh, ice skating. I was thinking. I was remembering when you were like when we were doing like homeschool skate. Yeah, I'm no. I'm I'm okay on rollerblades. Really? I'm not. Gr- okay. I'm not a. I'm not great. Well, I was assuming ice, but roller hockey. Also, I was I was figuring because I'm I've, I'm a pretty good skater. I've only ice skated once. I would be trash at hockey. There's a place in Honolulu but called Ice Palace. If you're a decent they skater, had tons then of you birthday parties at Ice Palace. Ice in my Town time. sinks Ice Clown. No, oh. Ice Town costs Us, Ice Clown ice. Town Crown. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Parks and Rec reference, in case you didn't know. Andrew, I'm sorry. Go on with hockey. Oh no! I was just saying, unless I, if you're a good skater, then you outweigh me. But I feel like I'm. I'm a Even good if I'm s- a bad skater, I still outweigh you. Yeah, but if you're a bad skater, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Andrew's yeah. a pretty darn. Andrew's a good skater. From I, I also. I, I have not ice skated very much in my adult life, so I think you. There's a pretty good. There's a pretty good chance you're a better ice I skater haven't, than me. I haven't ice skated in like, fifteen years, uh, but I, was really good at it instantly. So I'm assuming I, that it would translate again. I don't know how we judge football. <laughs> I just because know I'm sitting over here and already the first two sports we brought up, swimming and ice skating, and you guys are taking shots at me. Like looking at me, <laughs> I assuming took, I'd be I'm bad at them. Shots at I you. took no shots. <laughs> you just said, I was, I, was you said I was a rad, bad rollerblader. I you said you, you were. remembered when we were kids <laughs> at homeschool skate that I was bad at rollerblading, and it's not true. I worked at the Harborina, Daniel. Yeah, but I just remember you kind of just like waddling back and forth. That's so that's not accurate. I <laughs> when I walk it looks like I'm waddling because I'm large. You're mixing your memories. Okay. <laughs> that being said, Andrew would beat those me at ice hockey that... and at swimming, so let's move on. Those are the only two things that I feel really confident I would dominate both okay. of you in. Um, but again, like football, how do you judge it? Cuz there's so many diff- like if we're on the line, I've got no shot. But I, if we're out I feel on the like edge, you do it by position, right? What by position? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like anything in the secondary, I'm I'm golden. Yeah, definitely. Anything in the in the in the trenches, in the trenches, I am hosed. <laughs> I I would say you could even if we take even if we take position out of it, and we just say 
how good are you at football in comparison to other football players, I think you'd dominate us. Unless Justin feels really confident in his quarterbacking. Uh I know, I know that you would. You are a much better receiver and cornerback than I am, linebacker or safety. I would say at this point in my life, I actually can't throw as well as I used to, um, just because my arm has a lot of miles on it, and I've thrown a lot of BP uh, to little leaguers. So I legitimately cannot throw the ball as well as I could in my early twenties. Okay. But also, I. I never played organized football past like age 12. So, you know, Daniel has played Bearcats ball and then like all, the most I've played is our flag football league. Uh, so I, I don't feel confident enough to say that I would be better. All right. What about basketball? Because my initial thought is, yeah, I'm a better basketball player than you. But then I started to remember when we played 21 and I, I can't, I, don't think that went well for me. I think it depends on what strategy we would go with, uh, because I don't think you'd have a chance if I just decided I was going to back you down. <laughs> I think I and think, offensive fouls weren't a thing. Yeah, so it's street. It's I street mean, ball. if if but, it, if it was the NBA and you were any other player and I was LeBron, I could just throw myself on the ground every time and you would foul out and then I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> But also, <laughs> my defensive strategy for guarding you would typically be, like, I'm going to give you about three feet of space, maybe even four feet of space, and hope I can bait you into shooting a pull-up jumper. Because and hope that I'm having a cold day. It's not that you're a bad shooter, but I feel less confident in my ability to stop you if you drive to the basket. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, know, I don't think there would be a really great argument for either of us dominating each other in that. Although I would say if we're going in like a five-on-five five setting that you're a much more valuable player than I am. I would, I would say that. Okay. I'll take that. Okay. Baseball, softball. No, you can have those. Okay. Daniel's I don't care about those. The <laughs> They're best. boring. Yes, definitely. They're boring. Get out of here. <laughs> Golf. Not me. Daniel, I think... I think we okay. demonstrated the object that you is to get the us. highest score in golf, right? Because I literally won an award for getting the highest score in a golf <laughs> tournament once. All right, we do you want to get into the the movie question? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I do really like the is coleslaw just mayonnaise soup? I don't eat coleslaw, so I'm not sure. I think that's kind of that. correct, and that's why also why I usually don't eat. Eat it as well. I never thought about that, but it makes it sound kind of good. What gross. else is in coleslaw besides mayonnaise? Is it cabbage? Yeah. Anything else? Raisins? Carrots? Raisins? <laughs> or do raisins go in coleslaw? I don't know. I don't, I'm sure know you either. can put other stuff I in don't it. Know. I'd be Which... more likely to eat coleslaw if it had raisins in yeah. it. Yeah. A little add a little sweet to it. Okay, so Francis wants to know when you just can't sleep or you're sick and stuck on the couch, what is your go to movie? He goes with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Young Frankenstein, or I Married an Axe Murderer. I haven't seen the last one. Francis is old as crap, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a good movie. Young Frankenstein is also hilarious. Um, Yeah, and then he says, if you don't know these, you are too young or uncultured. But here's the problem. Having a go-to movie when you're sick is not a thing anymore. Because we have so many channels and streaming services, like, why do you need to go back and watch the same movie that you've watched a hundred times? When I was Another a child, hot take from Justin, when movies I was, a, I've seen. When, <laughs> why would I watch them again? Well, I do. I do watch movies over. I do watch movies over. But 
I mean, like, he's watched The Office like a hundred times. That's yeah. so. a show. But that's better than any movie I've ever seen. But when I was a child, so like if you go back to the early to mid 90s, whenever I was sick and I was home, I used to watch Treasure Island. Like that was a thing back then. Kids don't do that now. Young people don't do that now. It's when you're true. homesick, you stream something or you binge watch something. Yeah. So th- this the notion of this question <laughs> is just flawed. It's a flawed question. Yeah. Well, what okay, show would you binge watch? Let's, let's adjust it from go to movie to go to viewing thing. Show movie. What do you What do you do when you're I on would, the couch sick? It's whatever show I'm binging at the time. Like we're almost through Monk now. I'm watching Monk. It's yeah, a great show. I really like that show. It's also a great show to watch during a pandemic. Yes. Because it, <laughs> like people will start making fun of him for things and you're like, well, that's just standard no, now. everyone does <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. Shake hands, get a wipe. What, what, uh, what are you binging right now? I'm, what, do you, what show are you watching? Are you still just I, running The Office like on loop? No. Well, so a lot of times I use shows as background. So like if I'm doing something like laundry or cleaning or cooking or whatever, I'll put on either The Office or Parks and Rec or IT Crowd in the background. Right now I've been watching IT Crowd. I've been through the season like four times. That's the last thing I've watched. But I also usually try to have a show that I haven't seen before that I'm sort of watching in pieces, like when I go to the bathroom or like whenever I can actually focus on it during my lunch breaks or whatever. And right now I'm watching Space Force. I've, I was going to ask you if you had seen that. I have not seen it yet. It, if you like it so far. Angel and I started watching it together and we got through like four or five episodes and she didn't care for it. Um, not usually when she doesn't care for things that I like, it's because they're wildly inappropriate, Yeah, but it wasn't, it's not that it, she just felt like it was kind of slow moving and boring and that like the Steve Carell character is so different from what he is in the office or like a lot of the things that we love to see him in that it was difficult. Like she just didn't really connect with it. So I started watching it on my own and I do like it, but it's not like a, it's not like a sitcom in like what our favorite sitcoms would be where there's like constant laughs. It's not like that at all. Um, and it's a little more like his personal side of the story is a little more sad and serious. Have you ever seen uh, W1A? No. You might want to check that out. It's a British show and it's basically a BBC show making fun of the BBC nice. and like the inner workings of everything. It's, it's kind of funny. It, it's funny. It's weird though. Like <laughs> I mean it's it's not as stereotypical as like the IT crowd where you know you're or Black's Books or one of those normal like sitcoms. Mm-hmm. This one seems a little bit more inside baseball with like all of the British references, but it is it does bring up a bunch of funny things and the characters are pretty hilarious. I do in general really like a lot of British TV. Yeah. I've watched several British shows that I think are really funny. There's Bad Education is really good. Um, Extras is really good. That one has Ricky Gervais in it. And it's just basically a a sitcom series about him. He's like an actor and he's trying to make it as an actor. Um, So there's a few. There's others too. I I do like British television. I really like British panel shows. British panel shows? Or quiz shows. Oh, I don't think I've ever watched a British quiz show. You should watch. um, Your brother-in-law actually turned me on to them. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. got me watching some of those, but like uh, Taskmaster is a great show, and they're actually going to start that playing one. that on CW, I think. Okay. 
but I'm not sure how because, you know, FCC regulations are a lot different. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be interesting. But yeah. Also, they do something, they do this annual thing in England that's called like the, the big, big fat the big quiz fa- of the year. Yeah, whatever it is, they do like this one big show and they get all the biggest stars on this one game, show, this one show, and it's really long. And we've watched a couple of those and they're usually pretty funny. Yeah. And they have a lot of the people in them from the British shows you like. Exactly. Yep. So I would also recommend Would I Lie to You? But Taskmaster is the one I like the most. Like I've seen everyone that they've posted on YouTube on their channel. So Andrew, you seem really bored. Yeah. Well, what's your go-to movie? I, I kind of agree with Justin that I don't do movies in this situation. I tend to go back to when I, when I want to watch something, but I am not, I can't really pay attention because I'm sick or I'm, I'm busy or something. I just want something comfortable on. Uh, I go, I go to Futurama is like my number one. I've watched all of them many times. Uh, There's some good grown-up cartoons out there. And, yeah, and yeah, and I I tend to like them in general because Archer's awesome. Archer's, Archer's good. Archer's so funny. But I go back to Futurama. I think in those situations, if I had to choose movies, it's it's Dodgeball, Super Troopers, and uh, um, I just lost the name of the movie. What's it about? It's about Will Ferrell being a news anchor. Oh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Oh, yes. dude. Thank <laughs> you. Andrew wins. Yeah. I love all those, those choices. Are solid. Those, those are my, like, they're always just going to make me hurt from laughing. Yes. Dodgeball so. is literally my Desert Island movie. I think I've said that. We've done this before. Yeah. That if I had one, mo- if I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life, I'd choose that one because it just makes me laugh so much. It's a great one. Yeah. And it, there's nothing heavy about it. Uh, does, <laughs> does everyone else think of that movie every time they see Sony Michel's name. Yes. Like <laughs> I will now. <laughs> I think about it every time. I do. Michel. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter at the scrimmage, find us on Facebook, type in the scrimmage to the search bar, search bar, and I I'm the miserable, I'm the worst at this. <laughs> Also, find us on YouTube. It's not like hard. Us. Type Follow our name us. in. Like us. So, like us. Please like us. So for our, <laughs> so for my co-host, so Justin, lonely. my son is a better person than I am, Damashevitz. And my co-host, Daniel. I didn't think of a name. I know. I was I wondering what you were going to do. My co-host, Daniel, yarn and strings and tacks and papers on the wall. That real rolled off the tongue, yeah, didn't it? That real rolled. <laughs> real roll. That was too long, Justin. <laughs> and Andrew, the heat. The, the heat. <laughs> you know the show's what? over. Andrew, the heat thief. We've had so Gross. many bad endings lately. Yeah. We have a good ending. Can we stick the landing one time? We just don't have any killer instinct. Giannis. <laughs> <laughs>